Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more. Access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hello, hello, amazing podcast community, and welcome to a very special episode of our podcast, where we're going to delve into the realm of professional growth and leadership development. Today, we embark on a journey from frustration to fulfillment as we explore the challenges faced by countless leaders in our community who are striving for success in their careers. You know, it's mind-boggling that around 83% of organizations acknowledge the importance of developing leaders at every level, but guess what? Only a measly 5% of them actually follow through. It's no wonder that so many leaders are feeling lost in their careers with no solid plan for success. So if you've been feeling uncertain, trapped in a role that fails to challenge you and yearning for a more fulfilling leadership career, then this episode is tailor-made for you. Picture this, instead of waiting for opportunities to knock, you seize control of your own development, transcending the boundaries set by others. Because here's a truth that you need to accept. No one, absolutely no one will ever care about your career growth as passionately as you do. Okay, so if you're nodding along wondering where to even begin, we've got you back. Today's episode is a replay of a live training that Marty did last month called From Frustration to Fulfillment, Navigating Professional Growth with Limited Support from Your Boss. In just 30 minutes, he'll dive into the core capabilities of exceptional leaders and unveil the five steps that'll help you to craft a killer plan to manage your career. Don't sit around waiting for your boss to passionately spearhead your growth. 
It's time to take the reins and unlock your full potential as a leader. Trust me, this training is just the start of your leveling up journey. It's time to go from frustrated to fulfilled. So let's get into it. Thank you very much for coming. This is all about getting rid of the frustration of your career path development and turning it into something proactive that you can grab onto and that you can use as you can drive forward, regardless of what the boss is doing and regardless of how the organization treats your development. Because let's face it, no matter what anyone says, no one is ever going to care about your career path development as much as you are. You need to own it. You need to control it. You need to drive it yourself. And today, what I want to do is to give you some opportunities to think about how you might be able to do that better and more effectively. Because ultimately, if you're here, it means you're ambitious, you want to grow, and you want to find a path for development that takes you forward in the way that you should. What better place to start than your own development path, right? So we're going to talk about a few things today. I want to talk about how you take an inventory of your core capabilities. I'm then going to talk about the steps you need to undertake to manage your own career. And there's five very simple steps that you can take that get you off the starting block straight away. And then I'm going to give you connection to a couple of helpful free resources that you can use to, to get all of this under control and to start moving in the right direction. So first of all, let's start with an inventory of your core capability. Now, if you listen to a lot of leadership content and podcasts and you read books and you read blog posts, then you will have found out that over the last few years, all the talk around leadership centers on desirable leadership attributes. Those noble things that we all need to possess if we're going to be the best leaders we can possibly be. So we talk about things like humility. How do you become a humble leader? We talk about demonstrating transparency and openness and fallibility. We talk about the need for vision. We talk about courage in the leadership space, although this is very ill-defined. We don't really know what that means most of the time. We talk about having integrity. And pretty much every leader I have ever run into says that one of their core values is integrity. And then you find out what they do when the pressure is on and when the chips are down, and you'll find out what they're really made of. Most leaders, and I hate to say it, but the majority of leaders simply take the path of least resistance when given the opportunity. Uh, we talk about the importance of focus in leadership. And we talk about cooperation and collaboration and perseverance. Now, don't get me wrong. All of these leadership attributes are valuable and they are all desirable. But where would you even start if you wanted to develop those more? It's really, really difficult to know what your first steps would even be. How would you have to change your mindset? What habits would you need to adopt? What disciplines would you need to build into your daily routine? So it's very hard to know how to create these things in and of themselves. The path to creating those virtuous leadership attributes is very, very simple, but it's also difficult because it means you've got to do some work. You've got to do difficult things every day. And if you do tough things every day, you'll turn around in a couple of years time and you will be courageous and you will be humble because you can't be anything else if you go through the process. Rather than focusing on desirable leadership attributes, I like to think about leadership competencies. 
many, many years ago, I was, I was fortunate enough to be able to access uh, a, a really holistic view of the types of leadership competencies that you need to be successful as a leader who's going places. And the interesting thing is, some of these cross the domain of leadership and some are much more geared towards management. And this is entirely consistent with the way I think, because my view is that leadership and management are virtually indistinguishable. They are just different uh, points on the same continuum. You can't be a great leader unless you're also a really good manager and vice versa. You can't be a good manager unless you're a great leader. So some of these leadership competencies actually cross over very readily. Uh, one of the important ones is seasoned judgment. As a leader, you need to have seasoned judgment. People need to feel confident in your ability to make decisions, your ability to drive them forward with a sensible, rational, analytical, and uh, a dispassionate approach to the business problems that you face. Now, I did a podcast episode on this a little while ago about credibility being the hallmark of great leaders. So Tash might be able to drop that in the chat for you if you want to look that up. Uh, another leadership competency is visionary thinking. And the higher up you go, the more important visionary thinking is. But there are a lot of leaders who are just really good at what they do in terms of their strategy and their financial sense, but they don't really know how to paint a vision to get the people on board with what they're trying to achieve. And that, that vision, that purpose, that why is simply not there. So visionary thinking is a competency that you need to develop over time. Then you've got the much more bread and butter stuff like financial acumen. It doesn't matter what type of business you're in. You could be in a not-for-profit, an NGO, you can be in a government organization. Financial acumen is critical in understanding what results you're trying to achieve and whether or not you're actually achieving them. This is, this is where the management versus leadership piece really comes into play. And if you can't have a financially healthy organization, regardless of its type, then you're not going to be around for too long. Uh, another really important capability is driving execution. Now, for any of you who've listened to my podcast, you know that for me, it's all about results. It's all about outcomes and it's all about value creation. And value comes in many different forms, of course. But unless you can drive execution the most efficient way possible, you're always going to leave a lot of upside on the table. There'll be this untapped resource of value that you simply can't get at. And so learning how to execute is a critical capability of leadership. Then you've got attracting and developing talent. Now, this is a core capability. It's not just something that HR does in the background while you run your team. Attracting and developing talent should be at the forefront of your mind. Because if you want to get really outstanding results, those, those extraordinary results that very few teams can get. You can only do it if you have the best people on the team and you know how to get the best out of them. So attracting and developing talent and making sure you have a pipeline of leaders coming through is another critical capability for leaders. Um, empowering others, absolutely essential. You've got to know, the higher up you get in particular, how to get the people to do the things that they are best positioned to do from their role in the organization. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you can empower others to do their jobs better, and they know what they're uh, supposed to be doing, they know what's required of them, and you liberate them to get the best out of them, you're going to multiply and leverage the results that you can get as a leader. Obviously, the more people you have underneath you, the more leverage you're going to be trying to get. And if you can't do that down the line through your leadership capability, 
not through your own individual brilliance, you're not going to be able to get outstanding results. Then, of course, you've got skills like uh, influencing and negotiating, uh, building organizational relationships, uh, inspiring trust in others, fostering open communication and dialogue. And I think one of the really important things about uh, an open dialogue is this, this is one of the main mechanisms for releasing the power of your people. This is where you take the constructive tension that exists in your team and you bring it to bear. The best results don't come from teams that all agree on everything. The best results come from teams who are in violent disagreement about certain things with passionate people who are driven to get the best outcome and they're doing it for the good of the team and the good of the organization, not because they have a personal point to prove. As a leader, you've got to be able to bring that out. You've got to be able to nurture it so that contribution from your team members isn't just accepted, it's expected. And even the quietest people on your team need to know that their contribution is necessary and it's value. And it's only when you can bring out this sort of constructive tension that you really liberate the value from the team. Because I've got to tell you, high-performing teams aren't easy to run. They're difficult to run. They're a pain in the ass. You've constantly got people, you know, jockeying for position, trying to get their point of view across because they are all adamant that their point of view is the best. So if you've got smart, driven, capable people, you're going to have to manage some of that constructive tension. And that is a core leadership capability. Uh, then you've got the need for mature confidence. Timid leaders are really hard to follow. You don't know what they're trying to do. They change their minds all the time. They are indecisive. They vacillate on problems. They don't make decisions. They avoid and they procrastinate. So having a level of mature confidence is incredibly important for your leadership capability tool set. And um, I did a podcast episode on this fairly recently called Confidence, Arrogance, and Self-Doubt. Because confidence and arrogance, there's only a fine line between them. And you want to stay on the line of confidence without becoming arrogant. Uh, equally, self-doubt is sometimes spoken about these days in terms of imposter syndrome. Now, I don't particularly like that expression. And I talk about it in the podcast episode because imposter syndrome makes it sound like it's something you should ignore. Self-doubt is the handbrake that regulates your confidence so that it doesn't turn into arrogance. And always having a little bit of self-doubt in the back of your mind is really important in giving you that mature confidence that shows that people should follow you, but not that they don't like you because you're arrogant. Uh, then we have things like you know cross-functional capability, um, problem-solving, decision-making. All of these things are critical leadership capabilities. There's one other I haven't mentioned, which I think is so important these days, and that is leadership versatility. Now, you need to be really versatile and adaptable as a leader. We talk a lot about VUCA, right? The environment that we operate in. It's an acronym. Volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And it's getting more and more like this every year, or at least it seems to for me. And I think that we need to operate comfortably in that environment. We have to be so tolerant of change as leaders. And we have to take everything in our stride and give our people the direction and guidance and, and encouragement that they need to function with confidence and with certainty in an incredibly uncertain environment. And of course, also now that we have uh, all the you know, hybrid working arrangements, work from home, uh, dealing with multiple generations in the workforce, it's incredibly important that our leadership is also versatile in terms of our style. 
I'm a big fan of situational leadership theory, which says you should adapt your leadership style depending on the capability and maturity of the person you're leading. The reason I like this so much is because it really brings to the fore the concept of you need to think about every individual. What do they need? What's the best way to lead them? How do I bring out the best in them? So look, as you can see, there's a lot of leadership capabilities that you need to acquire. The question is, how do you do it? I mean, it's not easy. You have so much information these days. There is so much data, so much knowledge, so much information out there that it's hard to know what to look at. When it comes to adult learning, and when you're trying to increase uh, your leadership capability and therefore your promotability, and therefore to drive your own career path, you've got to understand the adult learning model. Adult learning typically should follow a 70-20-10 philosophy. 70% of your learning should be on-the-job assignments. This is the stuff that you can do on the job and learn in real time through experience, making mistakes, rectifying those mistakes, getting better and improving your judgment. As they say, great judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. So you've got to be prepared to go through that process. And you need to make yourself a sponge for learning. That, that 70% of on-the-job assignments, you've got to just be a sponge to pick up everything you possibly can from every situation that you're thrust into. The 20% of the 70-20-10 adult learning model is about mentoring. You should get 20% of your learning needs from mentoring relationships. Now, part of this is going to be from your direct manager. But also, there'll be ways to seek out mentoring relationships with other people who are in your field of vision who aren't directly related to you in terms of your reporting line, but who you trust and respect and who are happy to give you their time to sit down and give you some guidance on where you are in your career and how to solve some of those problems that you might feel as though are intractable. The 10% of the 70-20-10 adult learning model is about formalized learning. So for example, your MBA would fall into the formal learning. And remember, that is 10% of the learning you should be undertaking as an adult and how you learn. So you can learn a heap of stuff from you know, a bunch of different sources. You, you've got podcasts, you've got books, you've got blogs, you've got websites. Hey, we, we contribute to that every day. So we know what's out there. And there's also the formal training. There's the, the just-in-time stuff. But most importantly, look for those stretch assignments where you are. If you're in a role in any organization, you should be trying to get your boss to think about how they can develop you, how they can give you greater skill and breadth of experience, and how they can prepare you for the next level. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to have that conversation in a minute. Of course, I came up with the uh, No Bullshit Leadership Framework. I know many of you will be familiar with different elements of that from the podcast. Lots of you have read the book. Some of you may have been through our Leadership Beyond the Theory program. This is all about giving you the leadership skill, not the business acumen, but the leadership skill to get the most out of your people. And this is where we start. All right, let me draw breath. Let's talk about the steps to manage your career. There are five steps that I think are really good foundational principles to work with. And the very first thing, as I said at the start, is to take accountability for your strength, for yourself, I'm sorry. 
This is a matter of really understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, and your gaps. Now, there are some gaps that you may not ever decide to cover off. They're things that you will never need to know, that you can pay someone else to know, that you'll be able to get that skill or that competency around you and compensate for a gap that would otherwise take you a lot of time, energy, and effort to create yourself. And I've heard many people say over the years, you shouldn't try to fix your weaknesses because that's too hard. You should just try and capitalize on and build your strengths. And I sort of like that school of thought, but there are some things that are not negotiable. There are some things you really need to have. And when I spoke about financial acumen earlier, you're going to need to do that. No matter what type of organization you're in, you need to understand how to read a P&L. If you can't do it, get it done, right? Investopedia is your friend, and it's not that hard. You can jump onto any website. There are half a dozen really, really good books that talk about financial acumen, um, financial ratios in companies and how they link to performance of your business. There's a bunch of really good content out there. Yes, it's as dry as a dog's biscuit, but it's there and it's doable. And if you don't have that financial acumen to speak the same language as the people around you in your business, you'll find it incredibly hard to get anywhere. Because as soon as you get asked a question about an investment you want to make or a project you want to run or anything else, you're going to be stuck. You won't know how to respond. And unless you can articulately talk about the value case for things that you're doing, you won't get the opportunity to do them. So part of opening up opportunities is to be able to speak the language of business, and that's got to be part of what you do. So if that's a gap or a weakness, you need that one covered off. Other things, for example, like you know marketing skills, well, it's not going to kill you if you're not a, an expert marketer. Uh, our team is full of expert marketers that you'll see our mentor, so I don't have to worry about it. That's the team that does it. And I just trust them to do their job. I don't need to know everything about how Facebook ads work or how our social media strategy is playing out. That's done by people who are expert in the field. So it's not a strength of mine and it's okay. So just make sure that number one, take accountability for yourself in understanding your strengths and weaknesses and gaps, and then doing whatever you need to do to cover them off. Second thing is, the most important relationship you're going to have in your job is your boss. And if you've got a bad boss, it's a long day in the office. You know that. But I don't think any boss is ever wasted. You can learn a lot from a bad boss. You can learn a lot from a good boss. I tell you what, I've learned a lot more about leadership from the bad, bad leaders who I've worked for than the good leaders who I've worked for. So always ask yourself the question, what can I learn from my boss? both in terms of the positive influence and the negative influence. What can I take from this? You have a, 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 an absolute sitting duck case study every single day to try and work out what your boss is going to teach you. But your boss is also in a position to massively influence your career path, career path at least inside the organization you're in, and sometimes well beyond that. So always ask yourself the question, how can she support me? How can my boss help me to get where I want to go? How can my boss help me to develop? Because sure, I'm going to take control and drive it. But by the same token, it's a hell of a lot easier if I've got some resources and some support and some patronage behind me. So always think about what your boss can do. Assess your boss. Third thing is, put a plan together and approach your boss with that plan. What do you need? And 
it's not just about what you need. Sure, you're trying to develop yourself to be the best leader you can be, but that never comes without also a benefit to the organization and to the team. So how can you get the, the message of organizational benefit through to your boss? How can you seek support? When I spoke about financial acumen before, and I don't want to you know, labor this too much, but this is something you need to be able to talk to the boss about. You know, you might want the organization to invest in your development in terms of, you know, some study or, you know, attending a conference or getting a paid coach or something like that. There'll, there'll be something that's in your path that you might want the organization to help you afford. If that's the case, you better be able to express what the benefits are that the organization will receive if they invest in you. So try and work out in your plan what you need and how that benefits the organization and then seek support. It's really important that you get support from your boss so that you can have alignment in where you're going. Now, interestingly, a lot of bosses aren't forthcoming with feedback. And so the type of feedback you're really looking for is where does the organization see you in terms of your performance? What plans does the organization have for you in terms of where you're going and how they see you in future roles? Do they see you as already being stuck at level? That's where you are. You're never going to go beyond there. Or do they see you as someone who can develop and get into bigger roles or turn to a job at the next level where you're going to go up through the ranks? And knowing that's super important because that will regulate what you think the organization is likely to do for you and how often how likely it is to help you when you're trying to grow your own career path. So make sure that you try and get those conversations with your boss. They won't necessarily give them uh, automatically or spontaneously or even willingly. But if you build the relationship with your boss where you talk about these things, then you can draw that out over time. And that will be incredibly useful to you. Uh, the fourth thing is get yourself a mentor. Now, there are many different types of mentors you can, you can actually uh, acquire and engage with. For me, through my executive career, I had a bunch of different mentors in different fields. So I didn't have a mentor here and a mentor there. They had very specific purposes. So I had one mentor purely for industrial relations issues. When I had workforce issues, uh, issues with labor unions, anything to do with um, employment contractual law, there was one individual who I would call upon. And I wouldn't call upon him very often, maybe, I don't know, a couple of times a year at best. But if I had an issue that I needed some, some guidance and a sounding board for, I'd call him up and say, mate, can we grab lunch together sometime in the next couple of weeks? I want to run some things past you. And he would be there and his guidance and advice was absolutely invaluable to my perspective. Now, because he wasn't in my situation and he wasn't physically there seeing me work every day, there was only so much he could tell me. But my ability to take that information, that feedback, and incorporate it into my decision-making process made my decisions all that much better. If you're trying to work out who a mentor should be in any given field, whether it's you know, a commercial mentor, a career mentor, an industrial relations mentor, a marketing mentor, it's got to be someone you trust and respect. It's got to, be, got to be someone whose opinion you value, and it's got to be someone who you feel some sort of chemistry with that you can uh, easily relate to, that the conversation isn't forced. It's got to be someone that you uh, feel as though you'd like to spend time with and that you enjoy spending time with. If you don't, the relationship doesn't tend to go that far. 
So in trying to target a mentor, think laterally and think holistically and make sure that whomever you target, and that could be multiple people for different reasons, that you approach them and say, hey, look, I really value your advice in a whole range of areas. I'd really love it if I could spend some time with you occasionally to talk about X. And that's a very non-threatening approach. Everyone's busy these days. But if it's someone that you know and you have a relationship with, it's likely that they will say yes. So that was number four. Number five, lose the ego. Now, if you really want your career to go far, ego is a barrier to growth because ego is all about protecting where you are. And I see very often, particularly more senior people who are afraid to let their guard down. The ego is their barrier to growth. So they can't admit when they don't know something. They don't want anyone to see the, the cracks in their armor. They are very protective of what they think deep down. And they cover it in a facade of what people would like to hear or what they think people would like to hear. So ego is an incredible barrier to growth. Instead of ego, you've got to replace that with curiosity, with openness, and with fallibility. So when we think about curiosity, everything that you do should be with the lens of, what can I learn from this? What did that just teach me? How can I get more information on this? Am I right or am I wrong? Who do I need to talk to to verify the way I'm thinking about something? And so curiosity as a general mindset is incredibly valuable to you because you will learn so much during that process. And as I said, when you're looking at people around you, if you're curious and open, you'll learn a lot more than if you're just trying to protect your ego, trying to compare yourself to them and be competitive with them and play that political game of who's going to get up the ladder first. That's a terrible way to look at your career. And I know it's a viable path for some people, and many people have used it effectively over the years as you know, political pawns who just you know, knife their way to the top uh, and step over all the dead bodies of their colleagues. It's not a very satisfying way to be. And I don't find those people being particularly happy people. And let's face it, at the end of all of this, ultimately, you want to be happy. You want to be in a career where you can see yourself going forward, where you feel as though you're having impact, where you can feel as though you're delivering value to your organization, and where you know that you're going somewhere worthwhile. The very last thing you want to do in terms of your career is to climb the corporate ladder and then get to the top and find that the ladder was leaning up against the wrong wall. And I've seen that happen to a hell of a lot of people over the years. So let's just recap on this quickly. Take accountability for yourself, number one. Number two, assess your boss because you can learn something from any boss, no matter good or bad. The third thing is develop a plan and approach your boss for that plan. Get the organizational support behind you. The fourth thing is get yourself a mentor and maybe more than one. And the fifth thing is lose the ego. This is going to be a great baseline for you to start to really put your career development on rocket fuel fast track. All right, in terms of taking control of your development, we know that ambitious people rely on hard work, but hard work is necessary and not sufficient. You've got to get smart about this and optimize your limited learning time. So we've got a couple of tools that uh, Tasha is going to put in the chat just to help you with this. The first is, your personal leadership audit. So the personal leadership audit just lets you get that baseline of where you are and uh, what gaps you may have in your leadership capability right now. That'll be a good place to start 
when you're thinking about what you need to acquire in terms of skills and capability. The second thing is our podcast quiz. It's just a very simple 10 second, three question quiz. And when you go and answer this quiz, which Tasha is also going to put a link to, we'll generate a list of curated podcast episodes for your level. And so these two absolutely free resources, we just think are going to help you get a start on your career development to take control and to move from frustration to fulfillment. All right, so that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you got a huge amount of value out of that training and that it gave you some immediately implementable action points to start working on. I'm really looking forward to next week where we've got another surprise episode for you as it's our 250th episode. Can you believe it? It's going to be on a topic that we've never spoken about before, so you do not want to miss out. Until then, I hope you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no bullshit leader.